Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Friday, November the 3rd, 2023, at 11.57 a.m. Central Time. So I guess I should probably say welcome to your noontime focus, right? Your today's focus, which is happening at noon. I know it's 11, it's 11.58 a.m. Can we just, can, can, do we have to be that exact on time? Well, I try to be exact on time. So technically, good morning, welcome. Whether it's morning, whether it's noon, whether it's afternoon, welcome to today's focus where we try, I try, when I say we, I try my best to give us, give you, me, to give us all one specific thing to focus on so that we can focus on something spiritual because there are a million things around us that try to distract us and pull us away and try to get us to focus on other things. We need our focus to be on that which is spiritual, that which is, in a sense, heavenly, that which is eternal. That's where our focus needs to be. And then we, in a sense, glance, look at handle some of those other situations, but we need to focus on what's important. Now, I I can say that. I can preach that. I can teach that. But ladies and gentlemen, let me make it very clear to you. I am no good at it. It's much easier to say, hey, guys, hey, hey, it's noontime on a Friday. Stop what you're doing. Let's focus on something spiritual. Hey, don't be distracted. Don't allow yourself to be pulled this way in this direction. Set your affections on things above. Put put your focus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I, I can say all of the scriptures. It's so easy to do. I can, I can say it authoritative. I could probably even work on trying to sound very spiritual. I could probably change my voice and sound like a pastor. And I could, and you could be like, oh, I get so convicted listening to that, but I could put forth all of that spiritual external image, but here's the reality. I stink at doing this. I stink at doing this because I have a tendency to focus on everything other than what I should be focused on. Let me give you an example. If you were listening to the pre-show before we officially went live on all of our different platforms and before we hit the record button, I was already talking about this. So let me just go ahead and just full transparency explain. Yesterday, sitting in this very studio, I turned on this very microphone to give a today's focus about already and not yet. And I wanted to put forth this very important theological hypothesis about understanding so much of scripture. I think sometimes it is talking about things that may be already from a positional standpoint, but not yet from a practical standpoint. Some of these, some of uh, scriptures are giving us promises that are not yet. They're, 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 they are not yet there. They're not, they're, they're just not yet here. And they're somewhere in the future. They're not already. And, and, and they're, they're not, they're not already. They're not yet. And we're still looking for them. And then sometimes, uh, the scriptures gives us these promises and these ideas that they're already here. They're already here. So already, not yet. I want, I, oh, I wanted to get into that and do such a good job because I thought it was rather, at least, Maybe this is my own arrogance, but I thought it was a rather profound point. I thought it was a point that every Christian should be excited to think about. And I thought it was going to spark a great conversation and everybody was going to be like, yeah. But I mean, the reaction was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, well, it's probably my fault because here's what happened. 
I wanted to turn on the microphone to go, here's today's focus. But while I was trying to give you something to focus on, while I was trying to give me something to focus on, I wasn't focused on that. I was sitting there distracted the entire broadcast because we're having some kind of technological issues going on with one of the platforms we broadcast. All of their analytics are just gone. Uh, all of my pro my my last few programs show that nobody has listened, nobody has downloaded. Currently, it shows me on that on those platforms, literally no one is listening to me live. And so, when you're looking at that live broadcasting, you're thinking, "I know there's got to be someone listening." So if it's showing no one, am I actually broadcasting? So I'm sitting there trying to say, everyone focus today on this already not yet concept. Focus on that. In the meantime, while I'm telling you that, I'm not focused on that at all. I'm sitting here focused on a screen on my iPad. Like I'm looking at it right now and it says no one, the same technological problem exists today. So if it's not... All of that broadcast yesterday, while I'm telling you to focus on something, I'm not even focused on it. And here I am today going to try to tell you to focus on something else. And guess what I'm doing? I'm not focused on it. So this is a perfect, perfect example of why the Today's Focus broadcast exists. This is a perfect example. Because I know in your life, it may, may not it may not be a technological issue. I don't know what's going on in your life today. It may be something with your kids, something with your health, something in your family. It may be something going on with you personally. It may be something you're struggling with. How easy is that to dominate your life, to control you? And then guess what? You're not, you're not seeking first the kingdom of God. You're not setting your affections on things above. You're not focusing on God and his kingdom and his word. You're focused on self, 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 self. We're preoccupied with self. We are obsessed with self. We know what we want. We know what we desire. And that's what we do. And it's very hard sometimes to pull our eyes away from everything else, from our internal desires or our external problems and say, I'm going to put them above and I'm going to seek first God. It is almost impossible sometimes to do that. Do you ever feel like at times you just can't do it? Sometimes I feel like, man, I'm doing a really good job seeking first God. I'm, I'm putting my focus there. I'm setting my affection. I'm doing a really good job. And then there's other times it's like, what? I have to like slap myself. What is your problem? Could you look up? Do you think you could look up for five seconds? Do you think you could? Do you think you could look to your creator, to your savior, to the one who died for you, the one who loved you? Do you think you could put your focus and your attention and your praise on him? I, I, I can't be the only one. I can't be. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the only one who struggles with this. But I, I, I know that that's right now. Again, it's a small thing. I'm just sitting here. And my, see, right now my brain, you know, I see, see this, I'm having two conversations with myself. Hey, you're making a very good point here. I think it should be uh, applicable and convicting. So keep making it. The, my, my other part of my brain is like, I wonder, are we broadcasting on any of the platforms? I wonder. Because we've got no, nothing is showing up on the, uh, the other platform. And then Spreaker... I don't, I don't know if anyone's even listening to us on Spreaker. So I wonder, I wonder, are we even bright? See, my, uh, my, there's a part of my brain telling me, you should go check and make sure you're even broadcast. But I'm supposed to be focused on, well, the scripture that is in front of me. So here's what I'm going to do. For my own spiritual exercise, 
I'm going to try to pull my focus, my attention, in a sense, metaphorically speaking, my eyes away from what's happening here and put it forward. So your today's focus is Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. That is your today's focus. Now, I have been, to be fair, to be fully transparent, I have spent a lot of my morning looking at Luke 14, 1 through 6. I have looked at it and looked at it. It, it. We're pulling Luke 14, 1 through 6 from the historical lectionary. This is the gospel reading for today and, and, and churches all around the world. They will hear this read if they're using the historical lectionary. And I love to pull out the lectionary, look at some of the scriptures, and then say, what, would I, what can I do with this? And I've just been re- very stuck with this today, going exactly how will I approach this? So I'm just going to give you a little bit of just some thoughts and see if you'll if you'll pick up Luke 14 today and you'll do some work on it. Are you ready? So I'm going to grab my iPad here. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look at, at what I shouldn't look at and I'm going to go to my notes. So are you ready? Here we go. Luke chapter 14. We read this. And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat Bread. I'm just. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna kind of walk through this. I, I want to just read the whole thing, but I'm just gonna stop right there. All right. So it came to pass. Speaking of Jesus, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread. Now I'm just gonna stop right there. There are in the Gospel of Luke. There are a few instances where Jesus ate with the Pharisees. Let me just give you some of the examples. Let me just give you some of the examples. In Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. In this passage, Jesus is invited to eat at the house at the house of a Pharisee named Simon. During the meal, a woman who was known as a sinner enters the house and anoints Jesus' feet with perfume and her tears. Simon questions Jesus' acceptance of her, and Jesus tells a parable about forgiveness and love. That's Luke 7, 36 through 50. Luke 7, 36 through 50. I'm going to go look at that really quick. Uh, Luke 7, uh, verse 36. All right. Uh, if you go to verse, yeah, Luke 7, 36, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner when she knew that Jesus at, uh, Jesus at meat at the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the uh, hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake with him, uh, spake with himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And, and Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say on thee. And he saith, Master, say on. So Jesus goes to eat in this Pharisee's house. His name is Simon. 
There, this woman comes, she's anoints. This man is, the, the Pharisee is like, how, does he not know what kind of woman this is? Does he not know? And then Jesus begins to use this as an example to teach. But he goes into the Pharisee's house to eat. There's Luke 7, 36 through 50. The second time, is in Luke 11, 37 through 57. Here, Jesus is invited by a Pharisee to eat with him. While they are dining, Jesus criticized the Pharisees for their hypocrisy and for neglecting justice and the love of God. Then the third time is in Luke chapter 14. So there are at least a few instances. There may be more, but there's a few instances where Jesus ate with the Pharisees. A few instances where Jesus ate with the Pharisees. Now, there's much I want to do with this passage. But I may want to, I think what I'm going to do for today is I'm just going to focus on that part of it. I'm just going to focus on that part of it. I want to go through the rest of the text. I want to go through the rest of the text. And trust me, I got a lot I could say about this text. But let's just start here. And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread. Just circle that phrase today. And I want you to think about this fact that Jesus went to eat with Pharisees. He went to eat with these religious rulers who in many cases hated him, wanted to trap him, wanted to destroy him wanted to humiliate him, mock him. Ultimately, they want him dead. Now, what can you take from that today? What can you take from the fact that Jesus went to eat with Pharisees? Do you take something? What spiritual lessons can be gained from that? Now, you can go look at those other passages where he goes to eat with the Pharisees. Luke 7, 36 through 50. Luke 11, 37 through 54, and then Luke 14, 1 through 24. We read a little bit of Luke 7, 36 through 50. I didn't read the whole thing because there's some lessons there. But in each case, these, these situations happen where he's eating with Pharisees. If you would like, you can find all the time, all the different times that he ate with Pharisees uh, as they're recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, some of those stories will be the same, just the same retelling of these events in Luke 7, 36 through 50, Luke 37 through 54, and Luke 14, 1 through 24. But what, what do you get that Jesus went and ate with the Pharisees? Because on one hand, you'd be like, why would you do that, right? Like, hey, you're just setting yourself up. These guys are setting you up. You, they want you here because they're going to try to trap you in some kind of theological trap. They're going to try to either make you look bad in front of the people or they're going to make you viol- or look, make it look like you're violating God's law. They're, in one way or the other, they're going to do, why would you go? Is it even significant? Well, the fact that he does it numerous times it's there in the Bible, tells me there's something to it. Is this a demonstration? Because I think in that culture, to eat with someone was a sign of great hospitality, right? There, it was. I think it was seen as more than just, uh, oh, oh, we're getting together, having some food. There was, it was much more, there was something, it was much more ingrained in the culture. There was much more going on here, right? So is it possible Is it possible that this demonstrates 
how we are to handle even our enemies. One source says this, These instances of Jesus dining with the Pharisees provide opportunities for teaching and challenging their beliefs and practices. It shows Jesus interacting with different groups of people and engaging in discussions about faith, forgiveness, justice, and living a humble life. Is it possible that what Jesus demonstrates here is maybe what we are missing in our culture in 2023. Because don't we have a tendency in 2023 to isolate ourselves to only those whom we agree with? Don't we have a tendency in 2023 to only want to gather information from sources which we agree with? We try to build, I know it's a little bit of a dated term. Some would say it may not be completely accurate, but these like little echo chambers these little bubbles where we and we will we will block and remove from our feed things we disagree with and we will silence does jesus demonstrate that maybe the way to your enemy the way to those you disagree with is you engage them you discuss you ask questions and you answer questions do you think that there's a major lesson from it now one could argue if you're very jaded like i am well it didn't do much good Because he met with them, he ate with them, they still wanted to kill him. So it didn't fix anything. So you could, if you wanted to be very jaded, going, well, what an absolute waste of time. But do we do the right thing simply because we expect a certain outcome? Or do we do something because it's the right thing? Does Jesus not say to love our enemy? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Now, I don't want to, my own personal thing, I don't want to eat with my enemy. I don't want to talk to my enemy. I don't want to have anything to do with those who don't like me, want to trap me, or want to destroy me. I feel they have ulterior motives. I Look, my thing is I just kind of wash my hands and like me, myself, and I tends to I, it tends to always go better when it's just me, myself, and I. Other people, it always gets messy and calm. If it's just me, nothing can go wrong, right? That, that's just my normal operating kind of thinking, my operating philosophy. So like if, if something kind of goes wrong a little bit, I'm, I'm one to just kind of like done, move on. Just that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to go eat with them. It's like, how many different times does Jesus have to eat with them when you realize these people are out to get you, man? These people are trying to set you up. Stop going to eat with them. Find someone else to eat with. In fact, it's better just to go find a mountain to sit up there by yourself. Talk to a dog. It's better than the Pharisees. What do you think? What do you think? What do you take from the fact? That's just one part of this. And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread. Now, I know today's focus, this really captures the real essence of it. I'm just trying to give you one thing to focus on. And remember, let me say it again. Oh, I wanted to break this all down. I wanted to break this all down. But let's do this. Luke 7, 36 through 50. Luke 11, 37 through 54. And Luke 14, 1 through 24. Now, we could do this. Why do you think Jesus eats with the Pharisees and what does he teach? What 
what come what lessons arises from his meals with the Pharisees and Luke 7 36 through 50 Luke 11 37 through 54 and Luke 14 1 through 24 what lessons arises from these meals in a sense with his theological enemies with his almost physical enemies since they're going to have him killed what 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 arises from these conversations what are the lessons Luke 7, 36 through 50. I almost gave away that lesson. Okay. I didn't read it very well, so you probably missed it. Okay. Well, I think I stopped reading right before the lesson was about to be given. And then Luke 37, uh, uh, Luke 11, 37 through 54. I kind of gave you a little bit about what that one's about. And then Luke 14, 1 through 24. We, well, I, I haven't read any of that. So I've left a little bit in the dark there for you. Why did Jesus eat with the Pharisees and what lessons arose from these mills with Pharisees. That is your today's focus. I hope you will take the time to do so. The thing with today's focus broadcast is I'm really trusting that you'll do something with this. If you don't, well, then you miss out. And then I don't know what I accomplished, but I hope you will do something with that. And who knows, maybe we'll come back and talk about this more at a later time. But there you go. All right. You go do that. I'm going to go see, I'm going to try to figure out this technological problem. See what I'm doing? I'm still focused on the technological problem. I should be focused on Luke 14 is what I should be. Um, And though I am waiting for my food to arrive, so I will eat some lunch. All right, everyone have a great day. May God bless you as you meditate on Luke 14, just the first part of verse one. And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread. And when I eat today... I'll just, I'll be, I won't be eating with a Pharisee. So I, I, yeah, I don't know if I would want to, to be honest, but I'm trying to learn why Jesus did. And I would love to get your thoughts. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Your today's focus is Luke 14, 1. May God bless you as you read, meditate, and focus on his word.